broadcasting live on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, as well as on WCPT 820, Chicago's Progressive Talk. It's the Matt McNeil Show, a brand new to you edition of the show. Good to be with you today. This is something we do over the holidays. We record a whole bunch of brand new interviews. You guys love it. I mean, you absolutely love it. So we love bringing you brand new interviews for you. I hope you're having a wonderful holiday season, no matter where you are. Joining us uh, right now is someone I've actually talked to a few times, Paul Nyland. He is the founder of Lifeline Ukraine, an incredibly important service right now over in Ukraine. We are talking to Paul live in Ukraine right now. He is, uh, the service uh, offers uh, mental health services, suicide prevention for military members, family members, veterans, basic, and as he said, anyone that wants to call, they'll chat with you and try to get you the help that you need. It is a fantastic organization, lifelineukraine.com. Make a donation. If you want to give to a good organization this holiday season, Lifeline Ukraine is it. Uh, Paul, as always, thank you very much. I really appreciate Appreciate the time. Matt, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. All right. And it's I, I'm for everyone out there, especially in Chicago who might not know, I'm going to make sure I get this out really quick. 100% on the side of Ukraine. Russia is horrible. I cannot believe they're doing this. I am furious at what they're trying to do. I am 1,000% on the side of the Ukrainians. And anything I can do to help them, I will. Uh, Paul, I want to start off, though, with what's going on in this country. Uh, Zelensky was here. Uh, wanted help. Joe Biden, of course, is a big supporter, wants to help because he understands the the incredible work the Ukrainian military has done holding back the Russian military. Uh, Republicans in the House base and Senate have basically said unless they can get their their personal political projects funded, that they're not willing to help out Ukraine. I highly disagree with it. I will say for sure the vast majority of Americans disagree with it. They're 100 percent on Ukrainian side at this point. Um, talk. Let's let's start there. Let's talk about the 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 frustration. I imagine a lot of Ukrainians are having as well as also the the kind of the the, the thoughts on, you know, trying to get aid not only from us, but as other countries as well. So getting aid from other countries was um, something that President Zelensky was quite successful at after his uh, trip to Washington, D.C. He was um, in uh, Scandinavia. I think he he was in Norway um, and met with the leaders of the governments of uh, Norway, Sweden, uh, Finland, I I believe Iceland, and um, also the Baltic countries as well. So um, there is other aid. Notably, Germany has just stepped up their aid as well. But the, the largest supplier of aid to Ukraine in sheer volume, although only in actual fact 30th in terms of percentage of GDP, but in terms of volume, it's uh, the United States of America. And that's why this supplemental budget for Ukraine is so important. And, and the point that you make, Matt, about the Republicans having introduced other uh, demands around that, which are, are completely unrelated. I understand that you have issues on the southern border. You've had them for many years in actual fact, but it's it's not just the border security. It's the immigration policies that they're trying to tie to a, a, a vote in favor of Ukraine aid. And it's it, it's not just frustrating from our perspective, Matt, because we're under attack. And, and you know, the, I, I was asked a couple of a couple of days ago somebody a journalist who i know who's interviewed me as well a few times he he called me up and he and he said what happens if this doesn't pass and i i simply said to him two words people die 
You know, it's it, it's more than frustration. What what we have here is an existential fight for the the the, the, the future of this country. And I mean, you talk about the disgust of what uh, the, the Russians have done so far. There was there was a tweet. A couple of days ago, from from somebody, Carl Bildt, um, the the former prime minister of Sweden, and he'd been at the the COP summit and and had spoken to a couple of the Russian delegates there, and 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 he reported that their their minimum ask the 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 minimum that they're going to be satisfied with going forward is to seize all of Kharkiv and Odessa as well. You know, these are two of the largest cities in in Ukraine. Both have populations of more than a million people. And while they might be Russian speaking, by and large, uh, the populations of those cities, they have absolutely no desire whatsoever to be to 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 be ruled by Russia. There is no equation between Russian speaking, therefore pro-Russian. These people, they're, they're Ukrainians. And, you know, Kharkiv has been defended Historically, since the, the the beginning of the the full scale invasion, and and the the Russian occupiers were driven out of there successfully last year as well. They're not coming back. They can't have it, and they can't have Odessa either. And in fact, they're hated in both places. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it is. You know, when you talk about the Republicans in this country, it's it they they bloviate about the border. The reality is it's a political issue. They don't really have a lot they can attack Joe Biden with. They're trying desperately to find something because it is an election year coming up this year. And the the crime of this, I've actually had a uh, an expert come in and talk about me- military medical, um, you know, in, in improvements and and expenditures and stuff like this and she has basically said multiple times the real benefit of what we're kind of things we're doing is not just missiles or planes or tanks it's the it's the the the, it's the medical aid it's the ability to to get the newest equipment in there save lives you know save the soldiers that have been injured in the battlefield you know that stuff is also being held up now because because these republicans and so if any of them try to claim in any capacity there's a humanitarian element of what they're trying to do the hell with them because it is just political what they're trying to do because if you want to be humanitarian, freaking give Ukraine everything they need. Yes, absolutely, and I'll add as well that it's not just political uh, what they're doing. Some some of the, the the Republicans, I there was there was an interview with JD Vance from Ohio yeah. on uh, Jake Tapper's State of the Union on 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 Sunday. And I mean, one of the other things that I do as well as running the, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline here is I'm also a journalist as well. And I've I've written an article taking apart what uh, J.D. Vance said in this interview, line by line almost. I mean, it, it, yes, there are political asks, there are political games being played. But some of these people who are arguing against Ukraine, they're, they're, they're doing so either out of malice or out of stupidity or they're compromised. But the arguments that they're putting forward are just not based in fact. They're not based in reality. And that's why I wrote the the article that that that, that, that is about to be published in actual fact, I, I believe, today. Um, but, uh, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, some of the aid is missiles and rockets that we need to uh, continue to stave off Russian aggression. A very, very important point about that is that that's not money that's being sent to Ukraine. That's material that's being sent to Ukraine. The money actually stays in the United States of America. 90% of it goes to American 
manufacturing that, that you know it's a boost to the American economy and creates American jobs. The money stays within the United States of America. We get the material that comes out of it, right? So you know it, it is that, and then it's the life saving stuff that you talked about as well. It, you know, if if you've got technologies that help to save the lives of, of, of Ukrainian servicemen and women, send it. Send it now. No excuses. The, wh- why would you hold that back? The You bring up other countries, and this is I, I don't want to focus on this in the wrong way because, I mean, the United States needs to step up. You guys are doing an amazing job over there. I'm so impressed with the Ukrainian fighting forces. It is, it is some of the, the greatest fighting I've ever seen or read about in my life. But the the it's nice to have the other countries there. Have do you feel as if you know? Obviously, I, I feel as if the the Republicans will buckle on this because once again, the vast majority of Americans are on the Ukraine side. But you know, talk a little bit about the other countries. You said Germany, the Scandinavian countries. You know, I know that there are some European countries which are not helping. Hungary is a great example of that. But at the same time, I, I know a lot of them have stepped up and have realized the true value of what Ukrainian forces have been able to do to Putin and the Russians. So it, it, the, the 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 best way to picture how uh, well the Ukrainians are fighting is is in the daily casualties, the losses of of, of the, the Russian side. And again today, well, yesterday's numbers, but published today, the, the Russians lost over a thousand troops yesterday. Right? I mean, their 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 style of of warfare is complete destruction through artillery first and foremost, and then waves of infantry attacks that are that are you know designed well number one to soak up Ukrainian ammunition, uh, and Russian bodies are doing that to the extent, as I said, of a thousand or more every single day. The day before yesterday, in actual fact, it was thirteen hundred Russians who were taken off the battlefield in a, in, in a twenty four hour period. Um, but the the other thing that they do with these uh, we, we call them meat grinder or human wave uh, attacks is is they're they're identifying Ukrainian positions and and then more experienced troops will try to follow that up and 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 you know take the fight to the Ukrainians who are you know d- uh, defending for example right now places like Avdiivka and 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 other cities as well. But uh, yeah, it, the the other countries that are helping. Um, Germany is one that we, we've mentioned already, and you know they've, they've decided to increase their 2024 budget allocation for military aid to Ukraine from four billion euros to eight billion euros. That was just passed a couple of days ago. But but they, alongside the United States, could also be doing more. The, the Germans have a long range uh, weapon, which is called the Taurus missile. Mm-hmm. We need those. We we need those, and the the Americans have. A, a rather large stock, although not unlimited, nothing's unlimited, but you, you have a rather large stock of missiles called Attackums um, that we could also use as well. What's what's the key battleground area here? And the uh, former um, uh, American general who was in charge of NATO troops in, in, Europe, ben Ho- in Europe, Ben Hodges, has talked about the, 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 the principle uh, to ending Russia's occupation of any part of Ukraine is to make their occupation of Crimea untenable. And so we need these long-range fires. We need the Taurus and we need the Attackums to be able to continue hitting naval and uh, airstrips 
um, in occupied Crimea and also the illegally built bridge that goes from the Russian mainland to the occupied peninsula as well over the Kerch Strait um, with supply lines and we can cut off their ability to war- wage war against Ukraine from here. And we've already made the, the, the Black Sea fleet uh, of Sevastopol untenable for them, forcing the, the, the Russians to remove their, their fleet from Sevastopol and relocate them now to Novorossiysk in and, Russia itself in the eastern Paul, side of the Black Sea. If Paul, if I can step in and blow that bridge out of existence, that would that would be a good thing. I would love that. Let's take a break. I want to come on back because I want to mention as well the Russian strategy here is insanity, and we'll elaborate more on that in a, in a second. Paul Nyland from Lifeline Ukraine. It is the Matt McNeil Show. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Brand new to you show, Paul Nyland from Lifeline Ukraine is joining us to give us an update on the, what's going on in Ukraine, the battle that's going on, as well as also talk about Lifeline Ukraine as well. Paul, back at the end of the last segment, you were talking about something that I don't think has gotten nearly enough coverage here in the United States, how well the Ukrainian forces have really stymied the Russian naval forces. You guys have done a magnificent job there, really taking out their capacity to, to, to lay into some damage from the waters. Uh, as a as a an absolute necessity, yeah. I mean, the the ships of the Black Sea Fleet have been firing missiles at us the entire country um, for close to two years now. So it, it was necessary to do that. But but it, but again, like, I mean, the the point is to to make the occupation of Crimea untenable for the Russians. And you know, the the the, the bridge that is there is one of the key lo- military military logistical supply r- routes. To, to keep the, the war machine that is in the south of mainland Ukraine, um, in the, 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 the provinces, the oblasts of Zaporizhia and Kherson, that they, the, the Russian military that is there, sitting on what's called this, this land bridge to Crimea, they're supplied through the Kerch Bridge, through occupied Crimea. And so, yeah, we, we had to take them out, uh, for a, 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 a very strategic, uh, purpose of, of, disabling their ability to continue waging war on the on on the mainland and to disable their ability to continue striking us with missiles from the the black sea fleet as well you had mentioned uh this counteroffensive that the russians have been trying to pull off um it is madness it is absolute madness this is a, russia is a country that's basically sending thousands of their own citizens to just basically be bullet fodder for lack of a better way to say it, um, the uh, particularly it's Bachmet and it's uh, I think it's Advivka. Uh, I, I, I'm forgive me if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. Um, I noticed in those areas there's multiple areas they've tried to. They've picked up a few acres, maybe in some areas. Some areas they have lost some land. Needless to say, it's it's an insane waste of human life that that is doesn't seem to have any other purpose outside of bravado back in Moscow. Yeah. And I mean, if, if, if Putin had said on the 24th of February, like th- this point on the map, this city called Bakhmut, that, that's what we're going for. That, that's our goal, right? People would have looked at him like he was insane. Well, I mean, he is insane anyway, right? Yeah. But I, 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 Bakhmut was a city of about 75,000. 
thousand people. The other city that you mentioned, it's called Avdiivka, is is a, a place that was home to thirty two thousand people. Like, not, neither of those cities are, are of any real strategic significance. It's it's really just being done so that it can look like the Russians are, are, are taking something. But you know, the 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 the, the fight to take Bakhmut which, I mean, they ended up with the destroyed ruins of, of this place. Um, it, it took a year. And it wasn't the regular Russian army that was uh, at the forefront of that as well. It was this Wagner private military company, which is actually funded by the Kremlin as well, and the leader of which has since been executed yeah. for deciding that he was going to run a mutiny inside of Russia. But, um, it, it, yeah, Avdivka. They've actually been fighting. I mean, the war in, in the Donbass that Russia began, you know, has been going on since 2014. Avdivka has been on the doorstep of the contact line of where that uh, uh, earlier conflict essentially got frozen geographically for, for years. And, you know, despite its proximity to where they already had troops, they still can't take it. And it's, and it, you know, it, I mean, they might. They might in a month or in three or in five, but at what cost? The, the the cost of thousands of lives. And, you know, one of the common arguments that I hear is, you know, Russia has the advantage because their population is three and a half times that of Ukraine, right? But it's take, t- taking a, 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 a citizen, as you know, as a, as a veteran, and turning that person into a, a, a capable uh, m- member of the military is a long and complicated process. And it's being complicated even more because thousands of Russian officers are amongst the, 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 the dead. And so how are they supposed to be training these people up anyway? So, yeah, they, they come in, they're poorly trained. They, 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 they lack uh, any strategic kind of direction. And, and it's simply just the destruction of more spaces that people once called home right for mm. for for the sake of you know putin has an election in inverted commas coming next year <laughs> right and 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 to to have him show something on the board as a win no it's mm. it, it it it's it, it, well it's the abuse as well i mean back to you well it's, it's, well, it's just it, it's well but and you bring up the point it's not just that there seems to be a level of abuse for these guys that are coming out there. I mean, to a point, I really feel sorry for them because I don't think any of them want to be there. They get out there. They're not trained. As you said, they're not equipped. They don't have any idea. And then they're just – there are these people that are there for the Russian military who seem like they're, they're, they're enjoying abusing their fellow countrymen and sending them to die like some sort of you know psychopath mass murderer scheme. Like this is the entire goal at the end of the day. There, there makes no sense of this. And as you said, if this is about to try to get a political win for Putin for an election that he's not going to lose anyway because he's corrupt as, as hell. But this is just it's madness. It is the epitome of the term madness. So I, I cannot feel any sympathy for any one of them at all. Okay. Um, uh, if they have come into Ukraine, if they've got arms in their hands, then, um, you know, they... I wrote, I wrote an article a while back saying that you, you have three choices, run, surrender, or die. You know, that's it. And, and if they're, if, if, even if they're poorly trained, if they have an automatic weapon and they're firing it in the direction of my friends yeah. 
then I have absolutely no sympathy for a single one of them, whether they're mobilized, whether they're mercenaries, whether, you know, conscripts, I, I don't care. They, they will be uh, uh, eliminated if they are on Ukrainian territory and, 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 and trying to kill my friends. That's it. And, you know, so far the Ukrainians have, have, the Ukrainian military has managed to eliminate close to 350,000 of them by the Ukrainian count. There was a, a, a U.S. report that was released the day before yesterday saying that it was 316,000, which represented 87% of what was the initial force that was massed to invade Ukraine uh, in February of last year. So, yeah, the, the Ukrainians are uh, doing a phenomenal job and, and, and the Russians are doing exactly as you described, like their, 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 their leadership, their, their chain of command. It has a history of being abusive towards the, the people under them. And uh, I mean, that is just the way that they run. They're just, yeah. they're, they're a cruel people. And anybody with any kind of authority necessarily abuses it. That is the nature of the Russians, the well, nature of the Russian system. And and I will say, I'm, I'm not, yeah, I feel sorry just for the loss of humanity, but the reality is knock those guys out and take them out because they should not be there. I'm 100% on the side of Ukraine on that because... This is it is it's just insanity. Let's come back. We'll we'll talk more about the the military. We'll also talk about uh, the life in Ukraine right now as you are seeing it on the ground. Paul Nyland joining us. It is the Matt McNeil show. Broadcasting on WCPT 820 Chicago's Progressive Talk and AM 950, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. It is the Matt McNeil Show. Once again, a full hour with Paul Nyland. He is the founder of Lifeline Ukraine, an important service in Ukraine offering mental health and suicide prevention services for the military, family members, veterans, and anyone else that needs it. We'll talk more about that and how you can donate and help out his organization there. Uh, the One of the things, Paul, that is completely and I, I I cannot praise enough is that I can understand that some of the summer offensives didn't go as well as the Ukrainians wanted. But when you look at what the Ukrainian military has been able to do, go toe to toe with what was supposed to be the, the, the second or third best military on the planet and kick their butts. Yeah, and because as you say, it's the, the the death count on a daily basis is a thousand people for the Russians. It's you know clearly there's horrible strategy on the Russian side, but we should not you know allow that to to underscore the amazing military prowess of the Ukrainians to be able to hold back such a force. With frankly, I don't want to say it's ease because it's not that you should never describe this as ease, but they have done it so well. It is it it really is remarkable. But it's it, it's also the necessity of the matter as well. And, you know, when, when you talk about Lifeline Ukraine, Matt, you, you, you're saying that we're providing support for the military. That's 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 our origins. That's how we began. And, and now we provide uh, psychological support or emotional support to, to anybody who needs it. And there's vast numbers of people throughout the country who, who need some kind of psychological support because of what we've been going through. But because we began as an organization to support the, 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 the veterans who've been fighting in the Donbass since 2014, we, we brought into the team a lot of veterans. 
And I, I remember the, the 23rd of February, I was with one of my colleagues, Andre, in the office. And, and, and he looked at me and he says, if I have to go back tomorrow, I'm going back tomorrow. And now almost two years into the full scale uh, uh, invasion of Ukraine and the, the heroic defense of Ukraine, my friend and, and former colleague, Andre, I still see his photos all the time. He's in uniform. He's he's taking it to them. And, you know, I mean, going back, he used to show me photos of, of his grandchildren. You know, the, the, the people of Ukraine have come together and many friends of mine who hadn't been in military service before the 24th of February have since signed up. Some some of my closest friends, in actual fact, who are extremely successful people in their respective spheres, have joined the military despite having you know phenomenal careers and literally millions in the bank at the same time. But they've they've gone. They're under arms. They're defending the country, and, and, and there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of them. And, and it's, you know, we all understand what's at stake. What's at stake and what Putin wanted to do and, and still would like to do is to, to force the capitulation of the entire country and to, to end the, the, the idea of Ukrainianness, the, the Ukrainian nation, the Ukrainian language. Ukrainian history and culture, and and that's the, the the motivation for many people to have gone to 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 fight, and the motivation of everybody everybody in this country to support the the, the military in one way or another, and also to support what is the, the the political strategy, what what the government is saying, and what the government is saying is there's no negotiations with Russia, and the vast majority in terms of you know negotiating territory for some form of peace which wouldn't be peace anyway it would be a, it would be a pause it would be a frozen conflict or a, a, a low intensity conflict as it has been since 2014 or 2015 really when the the Minsk agreement slowed it down but you know we we, we know what's at stake it is the, the 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 existence of everything Ukrainian and at the same time it is the fates of the people who are under Russian occupation. And we know full well from the liberated areas around Kiev, the north of Kiev, Kharkiv and, and um, Kherson city as well. We, we know what it means to be occupied by, by Russia. It means that you are going to be picked up off the street. You're going to be interrogated. You're going to be tortured. You're going to be maybe, I mean, you know, the, the, the stories that I've read of, of gang rapes, and, and rape being used by these Russian monsters as as a, a as a deliberate tactic of terrorism against the local populations that explains why the Ukrainians are fighting the way that they're fighting, and also explains why yeah it's just okay fine I mean all you I, it's it's like I said the perspective is what we need here and I will say this for your military forces inspiration is not just for the Ukrainians. I am so inspired by them. I, I, I am. A lot of people are. 
a lot of people in this country are. I mean, in Minneapolis, we have the Russian Museum of Art. They've been flying a Ukrainian flag ever since this conflict started because they've been very vocal about how opposed they are to what Russia is doing. You are in, they're inspiring, and if if it offers any sign of uh, of of solace or 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 comfort to the troops, let them know it's not just in your country that they're they're, they're inspiring people. It's it's people worldwide, including here, myself included. And yeah, it's it's you give us the perspective. It's easy to see why you know it's it's kind of like okay, this is you know, enough's enough. We need to, we need everything we can to get these people out of here. Can I ask one thing? And I don't know how much you're aware of this. We see pictures close to the front, and it seems like, you know, within 10, 15 miles of the front, there are people in Ukraine on the Ukrainian side still living there, still trying to to, to pull together some lives in the ruins of these buildings. Is that common? Are there a lot of people that are still in some of those towns close to the front? Um. The, the, there's always going to be a, 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 a part of the local population who will refuse to leave no matter what. And I mean, when when Kiev was threatened in the, the early days of the full scale war, I, I was one of those. I was not going to leave come what may. I, I, I was determined that I was staying here. This is my home. This is my home. Where else? Where else am I supposed to go? But I mean, one, one of the things that we've looked at at, at Lifeline Ukraine is the the kind of uh, emotional issues that are created by being displaced by war, and and I understand full well why why people would want to stay where they are with with their possessions around them with 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 what they're familiar with rather than uprooting with a suitcase and nothing more and and having to go somewhere else and and begin a new life. So yeah, the, there are people. In places that are close to the front lines, who uh, who stay despite the fact that their conditions are terrible, they they might be living for months on end with with no electricity. You know, uh, the, the only way that they can cook is on open fires. You know, the, the, it, uh, yes, there there the are such people, and, and in fact, when when Kiev was under threat with the the, the guys who were providing collective security to our residential estate where I live you know that was one of the conversations that we had how how do we organize cooking for the the residents that had stayed behind here um because it was a part of the consideration it was part of what you had to think about the other thing that we had to think about as well is 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 how to create Molotov cocktails we had a little a little factory that was uh, turning out Molotov cocktails in case it it did turn into you know some kind of insurgency uh, street you know battles against uh, against the the invading Russians in, on the streets of Kiev itself. Oh God bless you! You know that's uh that's uh that's a that's a, a, a education we you know you can use. Uh, did you guys get good at making them? Yeah, we were we were very efficient actually at making them um, until. One day, actually, we, we decided, because the Russians were very close, and we thought we should clean up the factory a little bit and, and you know, kind of hide things away. And we we stuck our supplies, as well as the crates of ready cocktails that we had, into one of the, you know, these big, you know, wheelie bins that you have on residential estates. And, and through our chat group amongst the securities, uh, there, there was a message that the, the bin men had come. And so I was the first to put on my shoes and to go running along 
<laughs> when I caught up with the bin lorry, the guy says, we saw your stuff and we've set it aside. Mm-hmm. And what they'd set aside was the couple of crates of ready Molotov cocktails that we'd got. But all of the rest of our supply, all of the empty bottles and the rest of the stuff, it all went in the back of the van and got driven away. <laughs> um, Kiev itself, um, you, you're obviously living under the threat of airstrikes. Um, how is life there? Is it, you know, obviously your concern is the front lines, the family, friends, loved ones who are on the front lines, but as life for the civilians of Ukraine, how, how that are not right next to that front line, how is that going? So let's take yesterday as an example. And, and you talk about things that inspire, right? The, the, the close of the day was hearing the decision from the European Union, um, green lighting, uh, Ukraine's, uh, 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 process of of formally becoming a member of the eu and that's yeah. something that it means a lot for everybody here it's it, it it's important because it's the rule of law it's important because it 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 it, it, it means uh, a, a future uh, of better economic prospects for the people here that was that was the end of the day but during the day because putin did his annual although last year he skipped it because he couldn't answer difficult questions about Ukraine, but they've kind of stage managed people's brains by now enough that that Putin could go on and answer a few scripted questions. Because he was doing that yesterday, we had five air alerts here in Kiev. Five times the air raid siren went off. And and I mean, one particular time I, I had my usual response, which is a, a, a short phrase that isn't uh, for, for broadcast, okay. you know, but it involves a four-letter word and then off, right? But it, I, I sat down and I started playing my guitar. And, and I'm learning a new song, by the way, Wish You Were Here, Pink Floyd. It just, I love, love playing that at the moment. So I, I sat and I just started playing my guitar. And then within a few minutes, maybe a minute and a half, we, we were hearing explosions because, you know, the, the air defenses were blowing supersonic or, or hypersonic Kinjal uh, ballistic missiles out of the sky o- over Kiev, over Kiev, because Putin was Putin was doing his his annual thing. But I mean, we don't much care what Putin does or what Putin says. It, it, it it's irrelevant. Ukraine is going to continue regardless of of anything that 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 as you mentioned, he's he's corrupt. He's not just corrupt. He leads a mafia clan that yeah. has captured the state apparatus and is looting it for, for everything that they can. And that's what he also wants for Ukraine. And that's why he's afraid of Ukraine being a model of a, 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 a vibrant democracy where there's, there's real democratic choice and, and, and where there's a real fight against corruption, which some of my very, very good friends are involved in. I, I know some people quite well who are, you know, the leading anti-corruption uh, experts in this country and, and continue to, to to drive that agenda forward as well. You know, it, it things in Kiev, the, there's a veneer of normality. Uh, underneath that, there is uh, the, the absolute determination, as I mentioned earlier on from from across society that that ukraine is going to be victorious and and then at the same time there is a a level of psychological stress um that we all exist with on a a continuous basis because of the fact that that i mean we we could be struck at any time the the you know they 
the, the air raid siren could go off right now. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, again, it was five times yesterday. But then as much as we can, because this is also a two fingers up to, to Vladimir Putin, we, we try to live our lives to the degree that we can in a normal uh, uh, as possible fashion. And, you know, I have a dinner this evening with with some people from the, the Irish community, for example. Christmas is coming soon. And, you know, we, we've decided to get together and, and, and go to a, a Georgian restaurant and fill, fill our tummies and, and, and see each other and and have some have some good time. So, it, yeah, it, it, it can look normal and, and people will take issues with images of McDonald's being open and things like that. But but it has to happen because the, the, the rest of the country has to continue to function and drive the economy as well. The right. important factor paying taxes. Yeah. Paul Nyland joining us, giving us a front row seat for what exactly is happening in Ukraine. We're going to take a break. Come back. I want to talk about how Americans can get money to you guys uh, and help out on the cause. It is the Matt McNeil Show. Matt McNeil Show, brand new to you edition. Paul Nyland joining us, the founder of Lifeline Ukraine. Uh, Paul, uh, as we talk about, by the way, speaking of inspiring, just your story of a, a going out for a Christmas dinner, it, it is uh, the, the, the heart, the integrity, the strength of the Ukrainian people and the people who are there is amazing. And uh, so I, I want to help any way we can. And obviously, things with the, the, the Republicans are, are they're difficult. But obviously, we have a lot of people here. It's the holiday season. People are wanting to give, wanting to help out. Uh, I, we'll, we'll talk definitely about how people can get in touch with Lifeline Ukraine and give you help out there. But what are some of the other organizations? If people in the United States are saying that, hey, I want to give money, where, where do you feel the bang for the buck is coming if people want to give money directly? So there's a there's a great organization which is called Come Back Alive. Um, I met with the founders of that organization about uh, three four years ago, something like that. Yeah, it was it was it was four years ago. It was not long after we'd launched Lifeline Ukraine. In fact, because they'd already heard of it. Um, so Come Back Alive is a, a, a very very trustworthy, reputable organization. Um, anybody can Google them and uh, see ways in which they can uh, donate to them. Interestingly, their Patreon uh, account was suspended some time ago because uh, one of the things that they do is they provide military uh, equipment to the armed forces. And that's something that is prohibited on the, the, the Patreon platform. But there's, there's plenty of other ways to donate to them. There's there's a guy called Sergei Petrulia as well, um, and he does huge crowdfunding campaigns. He, he did one. He'd identified a bunch of armored personnel carriers that were, were sitting in warehouses in Europe. Um, and he went out and he raised like, I think it was about $3 million. Wow. Something like that to go out and purchase a whole bunch of armored personnel carriers. One of the main focuses of his fundraising and various other fundraisers as well is drones. Um, so anybody who's collecting for, uh, drones, uh, for the Ukrainian army, um, that, that, that's always a good place to go to. But uh, Sergei Petrulius Foundation specifically has provided now hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of those things. And they're, they're essential because, you know, they, they enable us to uh, kill the Russian uh, occupiers or invaders 
remotely from a, a, a relatively safe distance. So um, drones were always a good thing. And and I thank you for um, drawing people's attention to supporting Lifeline Ukraine as well, because, you know, we, 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 our workload has increased fourfold. Yes. Because of the psychological burdens on everybody. Um, and, and so we, you know, we, we, we need to, we need to broaden the team. I, I, I need to hire new colleagues, um, to, to spread that, that, uh, I mean, our work itself is, by by its nature it's it's difficult and so i i need to spread the burden over a, a larger number of people and we simply need more hours worked on the hotline as well so donations to to lifeline ukraine either through patreon or through paypal there's details of all of that on the the website lifelineukraine.com um they they're, they're all gratefully received and they they help us to continue expanding our work um, and, and I want to, I mean, I, I, as you mentioned, it's, it started off for helping military people. It's for everyone now and including people. I mean, the, the, the refugees for Ukrainian refugees who, who are in other countries in the United States, you're open for them. If they need to get in touch with you, you're obviously offering support for them. Correct. Yeah, that's correct. So, um, I mean, when, when we began, we were first of all, just a, a telephone hotline. Um, but looking at how suicide prevention hotlines operate in other uh, parts of the world, um, a, a lot of them provide support through chat. And so we uh, uh, provide uh, consultations through either Facebook Messenger or through Telegram um, or through our website as well. Um, and there, were, there was a point in actual fact where 8% of the instances of support that we were providing were to Ukrainians who were overseas in, in third countries um, because, yeah, they, they were uh, – many have adjusted now um, – the last interview, in, fa- in fact, that I did was um, uh, for an Irish podcast. And uh, the other guest uh, was a, a Ukrainian who has relocated herself to, to Ireland. And, and so we were talking about the challenges and how she's more settled this year and might even consider putting up a Christmas tree. But last year, her, her, her mood was such that she didn't even want to put up a Christmas tree in her house. And nor did I. And I, I don't think I'm going to do it this year either. But um, yeah, 8% of our instances of support were provided to Ukrainians overseas uh, at one period. Um, it, it, yeah, it, it's just a, just a, another, another part of the work that, that my phenomenal colleagues do. At lifelineukraine.com, lifelineukraine.com. And by the way, if it pulls up uh, in Ukrainian, they go to the language page and you click down and have the English. It'll give you all the details there. Because it's also, I imagine, Paul, you're already – for after when the Ukrainians kick those damn Russians out of your country, you're clearly going to need this service. It's, this is one of those things, mental health issues, they linger. And so Lifeline Ukraine's got a long job ahead of you, even after the Russians are thrown out of your country. Look, Matt, we, we need to be here forever. Yeah. Um, that's, that, that, that's the bottom line. And I mean, to, to, uh, to that end, my ultimate goal, in actual fact, is to build an endowment for Lifeline Ukraine so that we, you know, we, we'd have a pool of money which is invested and our operating costs are covered by the, the, the return on investment every year. And, and that way, Lifeline Ukraine is here forever because every country must have a suicide prevention hotline. Yes. Certainly, we, we, we've seen a surge in demand because of the full-scale invasion. Certainly. You know, and I've studied post-conflict countries and, and the, 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 the tale of... The, the psychological effects of having been at war. I've looked at the, the, the Balkans and, and various examples from, from Africa as well. And, you know, that's, that's the next 10 years of our work, the next decade 
at a minimum. But but we should just always be here. It, it, suicide is it, well, suicide is an issue everywhere, but it's also one of the most preventable causes of death if there is the right kind of support that is available and if yeah. people know about it. And you know that's what we've built over the last four years and some months of. Of, of, of operations of Lifeline Ukraine, and, and and it's what is going to continue to be necessary anyway, be, because be, be, because a, a life lost to suicide is 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 a, is a tragedy, and, and we can avoid it, and Indeed. and that's what we do. LifelineUkraine.com, LifelineUkraine.com, help out, make a donation. I'll make a link to everything else you've mentioned as well, Paul. God bless. All my best. I'm so, so inspired by the Ukrainians. All my best. Thank you very, very much for the time. I really appreciate it. No, thank you, man. Always good to chat to you. We'll take a break. Uh, Chicago, talk to you tomorrow. Minneapolis, St. Paul, hour two up next.